Having a truck placed out of service is not only inconvenient and potentially embarrassing, it's a frightfully expensive proposition. The fine is just the tip of the iceberg. Hi, I'm HTT Equipment Editor Jim Park. Coming up on HTT Talks Trucking, we've got some expert advice on how to reduce your vehicle out-of-service violation rate. My guest is John Seidel. He's the Vice President of Risk Services at Reliance Partners, the owner of a transportation consulting company called Trucking Winds, and he's a former Wisconsin State Patrol roadside inspection officer. John's written more than a few out-of-service violations in his day, and now he's helping fleets stay out of trouble. I interviewed John at this year's heavy-duty trucking exchange event where he had just given an engaging presentation on reducing out-of-service violations. Our conversation about that presentation begins right after this. Time is money, and that's why Catscale built the Way My Truck app. Your drivers can complete their entire way without ever leaving the cab. They'll see their weights on their mobile device or tablet, and scale tickets can be automatically emailed to you. With a fleet profile, you can save back office time as well. No driver reimbursements. And you'll have access to report data. Find out more at weighmytruck.com. So, John, this morning over at HDTX, you did a great presentation on out-of-service, yeah, how to avoid out-of-service. Uh, always an eye-opener whenever you're on stage. Can you tell us the premise of that presentation, what the message was you were trying to get across to the attendees? I'll tell you, I do a lot of seminars around the country um, for Reliance Partners, which I sell insurance for, and for Trucking Wins, which is an online training portal. But in this particular case, we really wanted to hit the maintenance side. Now, there's a lot of parts of out of service. There's driver-related items and there's hazmat. But the focus of this was more maintenance than anything else because we had a lot of fleet maintenance directors and personnel at this conference. So what did we want to convey to the audience? We wanted to tell them how important it is to do pre and post trips to identify violations before the state patrol finds them. And one step further, if they do find them, is the state patrol gonna shut you down or not? And what are the ramifications of getting shut down by the state patrol when they do an inspection because your driver, your mechanic, or somebody didn't find it before they did? Well, a big ramification is a reduction in revenue. Mm -hmm. Does a company sacrifice revenue based on the fact they get shut down at a scale because of maintenance or any item for that matter. Yes. In order to make revenue, you need your tires to keep spinning. And if your tires stop spinning when you have an appointment or you have somewhere to be, you're going to now have to call your customer, call the shipper receiver and say, listen, we're delayed now. You might not even be able to deliver the load because it's just in time or whatever it may be. So you could lose revenue by getting shut down. What else happens? Not only do you make less money, you're gonna pay more money. You're gonna pay more money because every single maintenance violation in which you're shut down, if the owner operator or the driver themselves can't remedy it, which may be a light bulb or maybe with an owner operator some push rod travel, but if it's a tread tire issue or a flat tire, you're gonna have to hire a service to come out to the scale and fix it. How much more money is it gonna cost you to fix a bad tire at a scale remotely than it would if you would have just detected it and found it in your shop. So companies have this continuous battle of finding defects, making sure we correct them in a timely manner so the state patrol doesn't, especially those defects 
it'll get you shut down. If it's a reflective tape or a light bulb, still important with your CSA, but they'll write you up and you can still continue on and get your delivery. Less of an effect on revenue and expenses. But when you have that out of service, that really sticks it. Why, that's something I've puzzled over for years. The defects are pretty well laid out. Nobody has to go looking for them or figure out what they are. Um, why don't drivers find them? Why aren't guys finding these defects before they get to the scales? Training. Just training. That's it's education. education. So let's, let's go past drivers for a minute. Let's talk about mechanics. Yeah, okay. All right, mechanics are skilled tradesmen and tradeswomen. They have a skill that not all of us can do. It is difficult to completely maintain a vehicle and make all the repairs necessary from heavy equipment and all the things they need to do. I'm sitting here as a 20 year state patrol guy, a federal investigator guy, and now a consultant and an insurance guy with Reliance, right? And I don't really know how to fix much of anything, but a mechanic does. Mechanics are skilled, but what they're not skilled in is being a state patrol inspector. You can identify a defect, you don't have to be a mechanic. Correct. You're taught and trained, this tire is defective for whatever. Yep, this push rod travel, this reflective tape, these lights aren't working, this fire extinguisher is not secured. But mechanics know how to take a wheel off a truck, put a new one on and keep going. Replace a pancake, they know how to adjust Identify a, a bad tire? They're just not trained in it and it's not a focus to a lot of companies. Mechanics are strapped for time. Yeah. When they're doing a PM or they're doing a repair, their heads and their eyes aren't always on a swivel like a state patrol guy is. I'm constantly looking for violations, but I don't ever have to fix them. I just gotta write them up. So what's my goal with customers and the industry and people and, and a conference like this, which thank you for letting me attend, it's to get them to understand that if you can make a mechanic more like a state patrol inspector and find these defects and get them repaired, your CSA scores are gonna go down. And historically, I've seen many companies where if they would just train their mechanics to be more like the state patrol in checking the vehicle out, they'd be a lot further along. And here's an interesting part. I don't know how to fix anything, but I know how to inspect it. They know how to fix everything, but their inspections could improve. Who's closer to being a super mechanic inspector? They are, because it would take me much longer to learn their skill set than them to learn mine. Yep. They already have the basis to learn mine, so all, my job's kinda easy. All I have to do is take a skilled person and teach them how to focus more on what the state patrol checks. I'll tell you, 95% of state patrol inspectors don't know how to fix nothing either, right? I'm not alone, right? There are very few mechanics that worked in the diesel mechanic field that become state patrol inspectors, right? So that's the challenge these trucking companies have. And that's what we did here, is try to shed some light on that. So where would the mechanics go to get that knowledge? They can't be thumbing through 393, no. 395, 397. Is there a tool? Well, there's technical colleges that will explain how to be a mechanic for large trucks. No, I'm talking about inspecting for defects. But that's what I'm talking about. There's technical colleges and they're weak in educating inspectors, I mean these mechanics, on how to do that. So even if they went to a trade school, the trade schools are weak in explaining it. So how do they learn it? From their coworkers. I don't know how many times you go over and say, hey, have you ever seen this before? And then you get like five mechanics and they're like, I think that's good, I think that's bad, I think that's good. And they don't open the green book, they don't have an out of service book, but if they did, they don't open it either. 
So this is a plug, I guess, but you see Trucking Wins. Where do they go to learn it? You go to www.truckingwins.com and you sign up for an annual membership through Trucking Wins. And I have training videos on how to do a pre-trip, how to do a post-trip, all maintenance training, hours of service training, anything that would get you shut down. I've got training videos. I also do a monthly podcast. Now, there are many sites out there like this that are trying to educate people across all facets. Mine's one of them. Check it out. What about the CVSA Out of Service Criteria Handbook? They publish that every year. It's got all the latest updates. Uh, great pictures in the back if you want a good laugh. Yeah. Uh, is that a helpful tool? Should fleets have those in the shops? I would tell you that every single safety director in the United States of America working for any motor carrier should have a copy in their office. Any foreman of a maintenance shop and every mechanic should have access to it. It's not a bad idea to let every driver look at it because when he's doing his pre-trip, how would you go about that? Well, you have to buy them and they got little binders and if you, and they're like 50 some bucks, right? You go to cvsa.org and when you get to the main website on cvsa.org, you go in the upper right hand corner and click on store. Store means you got to buy it. When you click on store, the one item that comes up first, their hottest selling item is the CVSA out of service criteria. But ultimately, what would I do if I had a break room? I think I would bring one in and take like a chain with a little lock and I run a chain through the little binder in it so and throw it on the driver it's table. Even the washroom table, yeah. Yeah, and if they're there and they're like, mm, what am I gonna do, go on TikTok? Am I gonna search the internet? Am I gonna look at sports scores? Well, what's this book? And they open it up and maybe they don't like reading. There's pictures in it. So they can look at the pictures yeah. and if, if you have 100 drivers and 50 of them run through the break room and 10 of them open the book and read five pictures and they all learn something, isn't it nice to teach them through providing the information, whether they all look at it anyway? And if one learns something new, he might tell one of his coworkers, hey, did you know this? And he's like, no, nah, I never heard of that. Dude, it's in the picture in the book in the break room and prompt him to go. So what harm is it buying a few, having them for the director of maintenance, the mechanics, drivers in a break room, the safety. Now, another big problem is, let's say I'm a mechanic and I get a call from a driver and the driver says, here's my problem, ABC with my maintenance. And he's only 30 miles outside the shop. And they say, you know what? We got that part here, just drive it in. Well, what if the condition that the driver reported to the mechanic is out of service? Now you as a company just told him to drive in an out of service condition passing seven facilities, he could have got it fixed. Now you crash and he gets deposed. And he's like, yeah, I called it in. I told him this is what was wrong. And they told me to drive all the way past the shop. Well, why didn't you tell him to stop at the TA in between where he called you in the shop? Uh-oh, mm. now they got you on the hook for a nuclear verdict. So is it important to really focus on what this book says? Yes. Yeah. I mean, do I have the book pretty much memorized? Sure, right? But I was a state patrol guy for all those years and I read it every day. And then all I gotta do is look at updates. This is HDT Talks Trucking, I'm Jim Park. My guest on this episode is John Seidel. He's the Vice President of Risk Services at Reliance Partners and the owner of a transportation consulting company called Trucking Winds. When we come back, the safety director's role in reducing out of service violations and CVSA Operational Policy 15. Stay with us. 
Scraper Systems by Right Height is North America's leading name for automated rooftop snow removal from truck fleets. Safely clear 24 inches of snow and ice in less than 30 seconds. Scraper Systems fleet plows help reduce winter risks, protect your brand, and get your fleet on the road quickly after a snowstorm. Machines are available to ship today. Contact scrapersystems.com for more information. Well, any fleet safety manager should be pretty well conversant in what's in that book. And the maintenance guys should be darn close. Yeah. Uh, if you've got a CVSA score yeah. that you're failing in lights, failing in tires, failing in whatever, and you don't understand why, will, will this book help identify what your fleet's problems are? What's funny is it'll identify what's out of service, but if you learn what's out of service, you're also going to learn what's in violation in the first place. Oh, yeah. So even if you don't realize something's in violation, well, if it's out of service, it's clearly in violation. So to me, the book is imperative to understanding that. Now, I'll tell you something about a state patrol inspector. The driver vehicle examination report that's handed to drivers nationwide all comes from, comes from a software program called Aspen. Aspen is given to all the states as part of their grant to enter things in. In Aspen, you have to manually check a box out of service. It doesn't automatically say this violation's automatically out of service. The inspector needs to manually say yes, yes, no, yes, no. That means the inspector has to be well-versed in the out of service because if he checks the box and it's not, well then the inspector associated an out of service to a condition that doesn't match the book. So one facet is, State Patrol inspectors are really well-trained in that book. They are so well-versed in the book because they can't make mistakes and click the button when they're not supposed to. Does it happen? Yes, it does, because it's manual. So now you, as a fleet safety director, if you get a violation that you know is not out of service, but they check the box, then you can do a data queue, and we discussed this at the session today. Do a data queue and say, although I know we were wrong, the violation did exist, the officer should not have checked out of service. Please remove the out of service condition as it relates to this violation. And they'll respond and say, you're right, that's not an out of service and they'll remove the points associated with that, but still maintaining the underlying violation. But the safety director has to have a pretty good idea of what he's fishing for as well. Correct. So there's some learning now, involved. Now, but when we talk about safety directors, how many safety directors are mechanics? Very some, few. Some, but not, not, a sure, lot. But not a lot. No. There's more safety directors that are not mechanics and have that aptitude. Yeah. So a good safety director should focus on the hazmat and the driver out of service. A good safety director, when they have maintenance out of service, should use mechanics within their company yeah. to bring them in and assist them <clears throat> with the data cues and the analysis of that. Yeah. And then what is the mechanic doing? He's learning the out of service by helping the safety director and bringing that back to the shop. When the mechanic is teaching the maintenance, I mean the safety director, a little bit more on maintenance because they don't understand it. So if you team up with the safety director and the foreman of maintenance to attack maintenance data cues together, they'll learn from each other. And then you'll have the book in front of you to analyze and learn how that applies. So to me, is there enough... Um, camaraderie or whatever you want to do, or collaboration between a safety director and maintenance as it relates to roadsides, to sitting down, say, quarterly or monthly, and going over all of them together to really pinpoint whether you can challenge them or learn from them. 
I don't think it happens enough. No, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Not from my experience in talking to people. Yeah. But they're working for the same company in the same building down the hall from one another. Correct. And there's none of that going on. Now, companies will have claims meetings. Yep. They'll do monthly or quarterly claims meetings to handle claims. But why don't do they do monthly or quarterly CSA meetings or roadside inspection meetings yeah. to see what they can attack on a data queue? And then the other part about that is they'll identify like a pattern of noncompliance. And maybe the mechanic would be like, you know what? We have way too many push rod travel. Maybe we need to educate all our mechanics on how to properly measure and adjust brakes. Because when you have automatic slack adjusters, you can do a lot of damage to them if you You don't don't adjust them properly. Yep. You also mentioned something called CVSA Operational Policy 15. Mm -hmm. That got people's attention. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's an example of one of the bigger operational policies that CVSA published. It has updates on chafing hoses, oil leaks, many other violations where it gives guidance to a state patrol inspector on how to enforce it. Well, there's many people that don't even know these bulletins. Inspection bulletins or operational policies exist. Where do you find them? On the CVSA website. So the CVSA with FMCSA are developing inspection bulletins and operational policies to help guide inspectors on how to enforce these regulations. Now, are those operational policies and those bulletins um, available to the masses of motor carriers? Not unless you're a member. So it's another one of those where it's great that there's a collaboration between CVSA, a nonprofit organization, and FMCSA. It's great that you can go to a federal register and the ECFR, which is the Electronic Code of Federal Regulations, and get the green book. But in order to get these inspection bulletins, in order to get these operational policies, in order to get the out-of-service criteria, you have to become a member and purchase it. Now, interestingly enough, I've done data queues, Mm -hmm. and I've done data queues and submitted it. And then the state will turn around and provide me the inspection bulletin that helps understand whether my data queue should be approved or not. So a good example was fuses. Okay. You don't see it written very often, but fuses are required, spare fuses. Companies will get written up and they'll be like, what, I need spare fuses? There's a inspection bulletin and guidance that says an inspector must, must annotate which fuse was missing and what component that's required that it's supported. Example, if you have a radio and a fuse that supports the radio, a radio is not a required item. So you don't need spare fuses for the radio, but maybe some lights or the horn might need a fuse. You have to have a spare fuse for the horn, but the officer has to write in the inspection. The fuse they were missing was the one for the horn. You have to explain which spare fuse you would actually need. What's crazy though is let's say a fuse for the radio is the same fuse for the horn. You have a spare fuse for the radio or for the horn. It's in the radio port. So if this one goes bad, your spare fuse is in there. So should you really see spare fuses missing in today's world? No. Not really. Now, if the inspector wants to go through all that trouble to look at the fuse box and start pulling fuses and figure it out and annotate it, um, I can't tell you, though, how many violations still exist today and how many data cues I've done with spare fuses. Now, would I have known that inspection guidance had I not referenced the inspection bulletin guidance through CVSA? No. I would have had to make a logical argument, but now I have a document 
that I attach from CVSA to defend that. So in a sense, I'm educating the officer in that state on how to enforce fuses by using the inspection bulletins from CVSA. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's the state's job to educate motor carriers. It's the motor no. carrier's job to get themselves up to speed, but these tools you're talking about, these resources are there. Yeah. Uh, should they be free? I think they should be free. You know, especially if you're gonna incorporate them into state law and hold motor carriers yeah. to it. You know, do I think maybe a nonprofit organization has a little bit too much power? Maybe, but they do a lot of good. I'm not sitting here trying to bash CVSA. They have great annual conferences. They have great inspector challenges. They provide a safety service nationwide that is phenomenal. I just don't like that you have to pay for access to information that could reduce crashes and save lives. Yeah. And if the if the FMCSA expects motor carriers to have this knowledge, then why are we charging them to obtain the documents to get that knowledge? So my job, like I said, at Trucking Wins and Through Reliance Partners with our customers is to try to educate them on all of those things on CVSA without providing the actual documents because they're copyrighted. But I'm clearly able to disseminate the information through training videos. So do I do that? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Uh, tip time. What would you suggest to a typical motor carrier, not the big giant ones with all kinds of resources, but small mom and pop businesses, how can they reduce their out-of-service rates? If you're the owner or a safety director or a dispatcher, get out and look at your own equipment. If you have an annual inspection done, so number one, you're getting out looking at your own equipment to see if the driver's driving equipment that isn't up to your standard as an owner. Yeah. How many owners, when the truck comes back to the terminal, they walk outside and say, driver, stop, turn on all your lights. Or, driver, stop, what's wrong with your truck? What's missing? What's messed up? Oh, there ain't nothing wrong with my truck. Okay, turn on your lights. And that owner or supervisor or safety director actually does an inspection. What you're doing is you're sending a message to your drivers that at any time you might get an inspection by the owner. That's how you establish safety culture. At the same token, if you have mechanics and they do an annual or they check out a truck on a PM, the second they're done, manager or owner or safety director go inspect the truck. What if it just came in for an annual and you inspect the truck and the fire extinguisher is empty or not secured? or the emergency triangle is broken. You just did an annual and passed it, mm -hmm. and five minutes later, me as a safety director went and did that. What message are you sending drivers? At any time, you can have your truck inspected by anybody that isn't the state patrol, and you're gonna be held accountable internally. At any time a mechanic works on a vehicle, it could be spot checked right after. So my tip to companies is you have these two things in the middle of your face that are connected to something right behind it. It's called two eyeballs and a brain. And if you're in trucking, you need to walk outside, use these two resources to find out what your equipment looks like. If you care about your CSA scores, demonstrate how much you care. And hold the drivers and mechanics accountable. That's important too, follow through. Yeah, absolutely. You can't just find it and be like, okay, we'll fix it, you know? You have to have some kind of meaningful action. Yeah. Now, does it have to be negative? It doesn't. What if you say, driver, tell me what's wrong with your truck? Honestly, there was nothing wrong except a little crack in the windshield that just happened on my drive here. And I've already written it up and I'm about to turn it in. Okay, turn on your lights. And he does a full inspection, checks everything, and the owner finds nothing wrong. Well, then give him a gift card or something. Or, you know, say thank you. Mm -hmm. Every person yeah. Yeah. likes praise. And if the praise is deserved, then give it to them. 
It doesn't have to be about always getting in trouble. Meaningful action can be positive reinforcement and saying thank you to the people that help you be successful. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Appreciate your insight, sir. Thanks for that. Great conversation. Yep. Anytime. If you need to find me, come to www.truckingwins.com. Or if you're interested in insurance, you can find me at www.reliancepartners.com. I've been speaking with John Seidel of Reliance Partners and Trucking Wins. We caught up with John at Heavy Duty Trucking Exchange in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you got something from that interview, please hit the subscribe button and give us a like. That helps others to find us. And don't forget to check us out on social media. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. For lots more great trucking industry content, have a look at the digital version of HDT. We're at truckinginfo.com. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for watching.